This council has no hesitation in proclaiming you all guilty. 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 that sound means hello divers welcome once more to the one the only unless you try to search for it online the deep dive podcast this is the podcast where each episode we strive to find something anything to watch on streaming media i'm tom feeney writer for wang shop movie magazine and Joining me here in Studio D is my co-host with the most, the magnificent Mandalorian. Hello, Manda. Hello. Man, every time I hear our intro, it just gets me pumped. Gets me pumped to sit down and watch a four-hour miniseries. Yeah, it usually makes me have to go to the bathroom. (laughs) Okay, well, welcome back, listeners. TMI, thank you. We are so excited that you are here. I mean, we have just so much to cover we do indeed uh oh where do we even start oh i know that's oh, right yeah. we know what that means yeah it's time to disco down oh yeah let's take it back to 1977 baby <laughs> oh, oh, oh yeah oh we are about to go into our Star Wars minutes. Nice. Oh man, this so I've been much waiting. news. There's so. I mean, I know we normally say this so much, but there is so much. There's a lot. There's a lot to lot to take in. Can you imagine being in a disco in the '70s and they start playing this? Everyone would just. I, I don't really have to imagine it. Oh yeah. <laughs> Anyways. <sighs> Thanks. So by the time that we're recording this, we're coming to the end of the Star Wars celebration weekend mm-hmm. over in Anaheim, California. Yep. By the way, we have to go to that. Yeah, we do. It's just the coolest thing ever. I mean, I don't know if we'll be able to afford it, but even so. I get to wear my Jar Jar mask. <laughs> you know what? He, that guy got so much hate. He got yes, so he much did. hate, but I love Jar Jar. Really? Looking, I really. Really? I tolerate Jar Jar. I tolerate okay. him. Okay. Anyway, so we're coming. We've got some uh, some scoops, some little little bits of information for you. Oh yes, we do. So okay, as normally at uh, conventions or cons, they usually have trailers or leaks or you know things to kind of sweeten the the time that we have to wait for these things to come out. Mm-hmm. One of them, of course, is some Ahsoka stuff. Yes. Ahsoka is filming right now. Um, I think they said they're in the third or fourth week of production, so they're still going on. Um, and they did release uh, some sort of mock-up, some trailer. We didn't get to see it because everything's under wraps. Of yep. course, it's Disney. We know that, right? Mm-hmm. But what we do know is that we're bringing in Sabine Wren. Yep. And that they are... Hopefully, we're going to tie in the end of Rebels, and we get to see Ahsoka yes. and Sabine really go after and try and find Grand Admiral Thrawn, and, I mean, I don't know if we're going to see Ezra, but that's probably the end yeah, goal. Yeah, that's interesting. You know? Yeah. But for all of all of us who've just, you know, we've we've waited so long for Ahsoka's tale to kind of be there, um, we're going to get to see her. And also, the actress playing Sabine Wren, um, she's apparently, like, a major Star Wars nerd, mm. like, which... <laughs> 
I think Dave Filoni and John Favreau they oh, seek yeah. out people that know uh, what this is about because they get into it. Yeah, right. And it's the only way to really trust that you're giving the best performance. Yeah. So, oh, by the way, uh, just a little thing here: if you are not a Star Wars nerd, you may want to skip ahead a little bit or a lot. <laughs> just saying, because you know, <sighs> I'm sorry, we're you know, we like Star yeah, Wars. We yeah. like it a lot. Mm-hmm, we do. You know, and if it's not your thing, that's absolutely fine. Oh, oh, I mean, good. Yeah, that's fine. It's fine. Yeah, we don't want to. You know, we don't want to lose the last two listeners we have. Uh, so, but you may want to skip ahead just a bit. Just a little bit. Oh, yeah. we also got some Mando season three stuff. Yes, super we did. cool. We're mm-hmm. also gonna see Babu Frick, the tiny, tiny little alien monkey thing. Yeah, he reminds me of that uh, the the prawn uh, Muppet. Oh, what's his the name? Cajun guy. Yeah, I can't remember. Oh, oh, Pepe. 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 <laughs> oh my goodness. And um, you know, he because he was from Rogue One. Yeah. If you remember, and so they, I don't know if it's actually Babu or if it's just one of his species, but I'm so excited for that because he's just adorable, and I think that they've obviously proven they can bring these characters to life mm-hmm. with, um absolute believability oh yeah you know um and also just a little while ago today like a few hours ago we found out that they've renewed season four for mando that's right that's right john favreau said he's writing it now so amazing so where can they go it's amazing (laughs) i'm excited because i kind of thought like all right well how do you top luke skywalker like how do you top that I don't know. So that leads me to believe it's going to be huge. <laughs> it's gonna yeah. Be, it's going to be big. Yeah. Yeah. Um, but yeah. The, the, so much happened this week. So much happened. And you know, it's interesting because one of the other things that they showed a, a, a full trailer form, released it, uh, was Andor. Yes. And the new the new logo now. Yeah. Oh, it looks and so cool. it's interesting because I, honestly, they announced it and I was not... You know, I was not into it because I was like, well, we know what happens to this character. We know. uh, But after watching the the footage, I'm like, yeah, I'm in 100 percent. We I I don't know if I was interested in his his, you know, origin story because I was like, he's going to. okay, spoilers, but they don't end up making it right. Yeah. But uh, if you've watched Rogue One. But I think what's really cool, too, is that they have said there's going to be 24 episodes only. Like two seasons, mm-hmm. that's it. And we're going to get like a conclusive or conclusive clear cut vision of of who this this person is. Right. And uh, I hope that we get to see Jin too at the end of it. Mm-hmm. I don't know if they're going to bring if they're going to do like flash forwards or anything. I don't, I don't know. know. Yeah. Um, but oh, and you know who else was in there? Hmm. Stellan Skarsgård, because why not? Of course. He's in everything as well. And he should be. I really love him. Yeah. I can't, I can't think of a bad, I really, I really truly can't, but I just love that he's got his fingers in every universe. Like he was in Pirates of the Caribbean. He mm-hmm. was in Thor. Yep. Um, he's in a, been a bunch of stuff, but like also now he's in Star Wars. Yeah. So why not? <laughs> Cause yeah, you know, um, we also got some bad batch stuff. Yep. We got season two coming Ooh, up. How very exciting. We saw the trailer for that one. Yes. And they did announce today. Actually, I think they, they released it today too. We were expecting mm-hmm. some news about that. Yep. So that's super awesome. Um, we also got news of Tales of the Jedi. Yeah, which is an anthology Ooh. series, which I like. I, I, I love too. that idea. Animated. Yes. That'll take us, you know, it's not it's not going to be, uh, you know, just one storyline. It's going to mm-hmm. take us throughout, which really opens up a lot of opportunities. It's like Lord of the Rings for Star Wars, mm. which is really exciting because now we're going to hear backstory for like Count Dooku when, when he was a Jedi. Yeah. Which is like, you don't think of that, right? You just think of Count Dooku, you're a jerk, you're a Sith, blah, blah, blah. Yeah. Right? But now we get to hear about him. And also we saw baby Ahsoka. Like these little tiny little, mm-hmm. um, 
what do you call them? Uh, just snippets, right? They, yeah. It wasn't a full trailer, right, but it was right. pictures of like her story. Because we don't really know much about her story at all, other than she was announced as a youngling and then that's it. But you get to see her as a baby and I was just like, because I love everything cute, but yeah. she was adorable. Mm. Um, there's also uh, rumors too that Qui-Gon Jinn is going to come back and voice young, or excuse me, Liam Neeson is going to come back and voice young Qui-Gon Jinn, which is amazing. Yeah, I, I want to know more about his journey. I'm going to tell you right now, he is top two favorite Jedi for me. Mm. I absolutely love Qui-Gon Jinn. I mean, I love Liam Neeson, so it was probably a given. Yeah. But yeah, I'm very excited. And let's hope that, uh, speaking of Liam Neeson, let's hope that we get a little snippet of him in the upcoming Obi-Wan Kenobi episodes, which, by the way, just launched this Friday. Yes. Oh, oh man. So good. All right. I know we're not going to give you any spoilers because nope. it's very important that we don't do that. But we need to tell you that it is amazing. It is so good. I got to tell you, I was teary within the first five minutes. Well, and that's, you know, uh, I'm not terribly shocked at that because the first five <laughs> minutes are pretty startling. Yeah. Um, they did a good job with uh, getting you into the right emotional headspace. Yes. <laughs> you know? Yeah. And then they do a time jump worthy of Avengers Endgame. Uh, yeah. It's like, okay, yeah. so... We're John, moving ahead. John Favreau snapped his fingers and all of a sudden here we are. Yep, absolutely. Um, but it's fantastic. It is obviously very well done, very well made. Oh, yeah. Um, I think the the oh, <laughs> the little, I don't want to spoil it too much, but let's just say the actors that got to play the young the young Skywalkers, as it were. Um, really adorable. Mm -hmm. Really adorable. Yeah. Sorry, um, Jake Lloyd. Yeah. Um, yeah. Oof, that's too soon. But, yeah. Um, <laughs> yeah. Everything Everything was really cool. I loved the, the costumes. Some of the stuff that they've introduced um, in terms of just uh, machinery is cool. Um, yeah. We've got the Inquisitors now on mm -hmm. film, which is nice because now we understand what their purpose is. Well, yeah. we, we kind of do. Yeah. And, and tiny, tiny, tiny little spoiler. Yeah. We... we we get to uh, visit uh, a planet that was literally destroyed mm -hmm. in the original Star Wars film, Alderaan. Yeah. And that's, I mean, people have been waiting yes. for a glimpse at what that, you know, peaceful planet well, even was in like. Exactly. Even in The Mandalorian, it's brought up several times. Yeah. And you're just like, yeah, I get it. People liked it. But, you know, why? Mm -hmm. Now we understand that it's this paradise, basically. Yeah. Well, from what we can tell. From what we can tell. From what we can tell. Also, um, I don't want to spoil it, but you're going to find someone uh, as part of an extra or gets a, a tiny cameo in the first episode. And it's you're not expecting it. Yes. Y you you're just you not. might even miss it a little bit if you're not really yeah. paying attention. Yeah. Yeah. And, and so one thing, it, this is just me, but one thing I do when I'm watching these shows is I always, always, always turn the closed captioning on. Oh, yeah. Because I want to be able to see, uh, I, well, first of all, appreciate the writing, but also, you know, when a character speaks, they it, it tells you who the character is. Yeah. And then, you, and then the dialogue. So immediately, I know who this character is. Right. Because of what's on the screen. And that right. kind of, I don't know. I, I just, I, I appreciate that. Also, I can see how... Uh, some of the some of the uh, worlds, the names of yep. the worlds and the creatures and things are spelled. Yep. And so I, I just, you know, that's just something that I enjoy doing while yeah. I'm watching. You know, I think, and of course, 
way back, George Lucas probably made a lot of these names up to to be easily phonetically remembered, right? Yeah. But now having closed captioned, of course, it's a lot easier for us to say, okay, that's an actual place. Give it a name, spell it, know that it exists. Um, I do remember John Favreau um, in some random interview was like, you know, I we really need to make the closed captioning not only just superb and mm. like above Disney level, but it has to be amazing because we need to be able so that everybody can enjoy this exactly um which is just you know star yeah. wars is for everybody yeah yeah so <clears throat> nice oh yeah. uh and you were talking about uh dooku's origin oh, yeah. story there there has been a rumor over over the the course of star wars celebration yeah. one that has not been denied by the way um <laughs> that is that there there may be a uh, Emperor Palpatine prequel in the works. I don't even know how that would go. I don't know either. But yeah. the, and furthermore, the rumor uh, says that uh, Loki himself, Tom Hiddleston, Ooh. may portray the young uh, Palpatine. You know, it, I, I mean, don't get me wrong. I love Tom Hiddleston. I truly mm. do, and I love Loki. I love everything about him. I'm, I'm having a hard time seeing it, but also at the same time, like, yeah, I think that could work. It could. But also Palpatine, like, do I even want to know his origin story? Do I even care enough about it? I mean, I'll probably Well, I mean, they would, I'm sure they would add additional layers to his. Yeah, yeah. You know, he may not have always been like that. I mean, he may have, you know, he may have been turned by Darth Plagueis, his master. Right, true, true, And all that sort of thing. But you never know. I mean, if if a, if a show like House of Cards (laughs) can do it. Uh, yeah. You know, (laughs) certainly Lucasfilm and Disney can do it. They can do anything. They yeah. really can. But uh, oh, and also speaking of that anthology, we're probably going to get some more information on Yaddle. They're they're going to give Yaddle yeah. her final. Like we've always seen glim- I mean, literally glimpses of her. Um, right. And by the way, that's a female Yoda. Yeah. Well, we don't even know really what Yoda's species is called, other than we just don't. he's Yoda. Yeah. But yeah, Yaddle's going to get her own story, and I'm so excited to see where that leads. I mean, I I know the rumors are out there, like oh maybe Yoda and Yaddle had a baby, and that's Grogu. Like mm, that seems a little bit. It's just too on the nose. Yeah. It's just too I, much. I hope they don't do that because that would ju- I would be grown worthy. Yeah, it really would be. Um, but yeah, so we've got oh, there's just so much that happened this weekend. So much news. Um, we saw with the premiere of Obi Wan Kenobi. Um, that uh, you know when when movies happen or TV show happens, they do like this before thing where they do like a yeah. panel or something. And Ewan McGregor was there and Hayden Christensen, and it was just really nice to see the fans really accept Hayden, like get so excited for him. Because I gotta say, for a long long time after the first three movies came out, people just did not like him. Yeah, you know, and no, no, and 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 it's not not necessarily his fault. It's just that George Lucas does not know how to direct actors. <laughs> And yeah. they and I think he even admit admits that at some point. Yeah. But he's yeah. not good with getting good performances out of actors. Right. He's more he's like the, write the stuff. Yeah, he's like he writes the stuff and then he just says go faster. Uh <laughs> I mean that's but I wonder that, who's gonna play Count Dooku though. Cause uh, Christopher Lee is um no sadly RIP, yeah. Oh, I'm sure they can find a, a decent I hope so because you really just can't you can't surpass a Mr. Christopher Lee Saruman. Oh, no. no, yeah, no, you just can't. Not at all. What they should do is just like uh, crop dialogue from other yeah, other right. things he's been in. I mean, you just can do from Lord together. of the Rings, exactly. Yeah, why not? Right. But I'm sure that they'll they'll pay some sort of homage to him at oh, some point. Of yeah, course. I would imagine. I would think so. Yeah. But yeah, are you overwhelmed yet? Because uh, that's that's just a snippet of what happened this weekend with Star Wars. Yes. Oh, uh, one thing, real quick. Um, with the, with the Obi-Wan series. Oh, yes. 
I was I was kind of floored. It it begins with a recap yes. of the prequels. <laughs> and for me, not just a recap, but it uh, you don't have to imagine certain things anymore. Yeah. Yeah. But it was, uh, I thought it, that whoever edited that did it so well. Yeah. That recap yeah. was really, that, that recap was more powerful than I think like most yeah. <laughs> watching them all It had together. no business being that powerful. It It's true. It, it actually was, made the prequels seem like epic. It was almost like getting an EpiPen full of a movie. Yeah. It was just straight to the head. Like just, I love that. It was unexpected. It was emotional. Yeah. Um, I would almost show that to, to people instead. Of exactly. People. Like, watch this and you and you will get an understanding. Yeah. Um, it was great. But, yeah, yeah. So, I'm excited. I'm definitely excited for Mando Season 3. And, you know, what we didn't get is we didn't get any information um, on Book of Boba Fett. But I, I bet yeah. that kind of means that, you know, we're still working things out. We're still writing it. We're still kind of getting things together because I don't think they're going to abandon it. No, I don't think so either. I mean, they, they may dovetail it with the the next Mandalorian, Mandalorian yeah. season like they kind of did with Book of Boba Fett with, you know. Right. So that may be possible. I would not be mad at that. I wouldn't either. You know, as long as we get some, you know. We get some of Boba. Follow up. Exactly. Yeah. Because I, I'm not sure that they have enough, at least enough backstory to do an entire season. And we don't want, you know. We don't want it half. We don't want yeah. like a half half thing. We want the full enchilada. So we'll see. No word about that yet. But, oh, man, what a weekend. A lot of information. Very cool. We yes. still can't afford to go to uh, anywhere, mm -hmm. um, including that, or spend a night in the uh, the, the spaceship hotel. No, but, you know, <laughs> I, I, I've had this conversation with my wife. <laughs> and she's like, you want to go, don't you? Oh, yeah. And I'm like, you know, part of me does, but part of me does not. And I'll tell you why. I am not big on like the the role play aspect. Gimmicky stuff. I just want to go. I want to yeah. look around. I want to enjoy it. I want to, you know, have yeah. some good food, have some good drinks, just bask in the whole atmosphere of it. Yeah. But, you know, don't talk to me like I'm a character in your story. <laughs> I'm not. You know, <laughs> I think I, I'm I think I'm on the same page. I think if I want to go and experience something, I want to be able to suspend belief and think that I'm actually in Tatooine having a dinner from the local cuisine or something, you know? Yeah. Or that I'm I'm really on a galaxy spaceship. So yeah, I get that. I also think it's kind of like wanting to buy a Tesla because I really want one. Yeah. I just don't want to give Elon Musk any more money. <laughs> no, yeah. Yeah. I understand. You know? that. I understand that. <laughs> uh, but I am of the opinion and time will tell if I'm correct that once uh, all of the diehard Star Wars fans with disposable income go through that hotel, <laughs> yeah. they will take that. They will take it and just turn it into a, place where you can stay yep. and not have a lot of that other stuff. Oh yeah, I'm sure. They'll leave that to the, you know, the, the theme parks and, and yeah, that kind of Yeah, yeah. I'm hoping that's the case because maybe then in the future I might consider it, but right. Now, uh, it's a lot it's of money not... to spend on like a half experience. Right. Yeah. Exactly. No, so, I get that. Yeah, yeah. So there we go. But yeah, thank you if you made it this far. Congratulations. We appreciate you. That's right. <laughs> but that ladies and gentlemen has been our Star Wars minute. And I think, well, minute is um, <laughs> minutes, hours. I don't know. That's been our Star Wars few minutes. Star Wars 20 minutes to be more <laughs> precise. Yeah, that's about right. Oh, all right. Man. So moving on. Moving on. <laughs> so unless you've all been hiding in a cave for the past few weeks and. 
We would not blame you. Yeah, we would not blame you whatsoever (laughs) for doing that. Uh, You have no doubt been aware of the defamation lawsuit going on between Johnny Depp and Amber Heard. Mm -hmm. Now, no matter what side you fall on here, the trial has overwhelmed social media to say the least. Mm. Now, that trial has been treated as a joke by some and more of a media circus that trivializes domestic abuse to others. Now, your mileage may vary on this, and that's fine. Um, I'm I'm not necessarily pleased with people that turn the whole thing into a big joke. Yeah, you know yeah. because it 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 belittles a, a huge problem. Oh yes, of of domestic violence. So you know, uh, but in any event, in I guess in, in sort of response to this, maybe we're gonna <laughs> pick some favorite movies that feature sort of sensationalistic trials. Yes. All right. You want to go? I'll go. Sure. All right. All right. My first pick definitely deals with a uh, trial. The entire movie really revolves around the trial, and the trial lasts probably about a day. But it's called 12, the number 12. 12. Um, it's a Russian movie from oh. 2007. And now a program note. Typically at this point in the podcast, a clip or trailer from the movie being discussed would be included. However, because the film in question is a Russian-language film, it makes little sense to include it here. The staff and management of this podcast thanks you for your understanding. This, of course, was picked with absolute respect to what's going on right now in Ukraine, mm. um, but unfortunately, it's it's very sadly and unfortunately parallels kind of some stuff so um it is based on 12 angry men now of course we know that as being uh, a a very famous black and white film where the idea is the jury has to prove the um reasonable doubt factor right so is this person guilty beyond a reasonable doubt what is reasonable doubt certainty right so are you 100 percent certain this did something so in this case another jury of 12 hence the number 12 um is tasked with the uh job of convicting a young boy who was on trial for the murder of his stepfather Mm. now i think the boy is very young he may also be around the 12 13 age but although it's not explicitly said keep in mind i watched with subtitles and like translation and i don't know if it was necessarily correct but whatever um what you need to know about this is that the evidence is insurmountable. At least it seems that way. And the jury is all men. Um, and they they make no certain attempts. They don't make any attempts to really hide the fact that they, they, there's corruption. There's, you know, you just look at Russia's history. I mean, it's full of corruption and war and um, just really not wonderful things, right? I mean, example right now, what's going on with Ukraine. But um, ultimately, these 12 men think that the case is closed shut. It's just an open shut mm-hmm. book. The kid mm-hmm. did it. Um, he doesn't like his stepfather. He was jealous, whatever. Um, as the child, as the boy is sort of testifying, giving his side of the story, there's flashbacks to his very painful upbringing. And of course, you know, the, he didn't have a very happy or healthy one. Um, and so, you know, juries are using it as fodder or as canon material to say, okay, well, he's guilty. Um, and at the end, or sort of towards the middle, when they're all just convinced of it, there's one juror that says, 
I'm not convinced. Mm. So this is where that factor of reasonable doubt comes in, and it parallels yeah. 12 Angry Men, because that's sort of what happened in that film as mm -hmm. well. Uh, it, it took one person, because of course, these verdicts have to be unanimous, meaning everyone agrees. Yep. Um, mm -hmm. And without it, uh, either, I think in some cases, they're thrown out the window, the cases, or you can't proceed, or, right. you know, it's stuck in some weird limbo thing. Mm. Um, so, of course, the other 11 jurors are upset with this gentleman because they're like, you know, we want to get home to our families. Mm -hmm. Like, we know this is a clean, you know, close and shut case. Um, but he, he, he gets revealed to be a ex, like, um, military informational person, like an MI5 kind of mm. guy. Um, and so he, he really goes into the facts and he looks at every facet of information that they have, of evidence they have. And really, one by one, he starts to convince or at least give information that convinces the other jurors of this boy's innocence, which, again, parallels 12 Angry Men. Right. Um, and so by the end of it, um, now we've got all 12 jurors on the opposite side. You know, they believe this child did not murder his stepfather. We have evidence of criminal um, activity. And unfortunately, with like most films or or shows about anybody in russia the oligarchs are take center stage with mm, that you yeah. know with corruption and whatnot um but that same juror who stood up for the boy refuses to set him free to acquit him and the reason mm. being is um that he he understands if the boy is acquitted that means that there's evidence of the contrary which is that the russian mob or you know these capitalistic people uh, killed the stepfather and he's afraid that the boy will then become victim to that because they don't want to be caught or whatever the case may be right. so it then is a reversal of the jurors then having to convince him you know acquitting is the right thing to do um and it's sort of left on a, a bit of a um not a spoiler or like a hanger because the end of the trial comes and the boy is acquitted but you don't know what happens afterwards right. um and so you're led to believe that there's a, a very real possibility that he will be unalived by um, people who unalived his stepfather yeah. simply for not taking the blame. Yeah. Right. So basically the, this movie is heavy, no doubt about it, especially again, um, given current respects to what's going on, but it is so um, plainly obvious that we all have our own bias coming into really any decision and the movie is, and just like with 12 Angry Men, it's about exposing those biases and learning from each other and being humble enough to understand that we have them. Um, and it did really well. So IMDb gives a 7.6 out of 10, which is nice. not too bad. No. Mm -mm. Um, especially for a foreign language film, yeah. um, which I think automatically get points on because people don't want to watch subtitles. Uh, I don't get it. <laughs> Rotten Tomatoes gives it a 77%. Mm. Um, Metacritic gives it a 72. So it's... It's pretty high up there. I actually found it uh, on Apple TV. You can rent it for three ninety nine. Um, and of course, there's there's snippets on YouTube, and yeah. a lot of times the the snippets aren't that great because the captions don't come over well. They right, don't match right. up the audio. Um, but what's really great about this movie in particular is that when I went to go research where it could be found, one of the websites I use is called JustWatch.com. Mm -hmm. And with foreign films specifically, they will give you a drop down menu that gives you. Um, sort of list of countries that it's streaming in so you can select china for example yeah. or i mean maybe not china but you know <laughs> like yeah. other places like england for example whatever france and it will let you know where it is streaming and how much it is so if you were ever curious or if some of our listeners live across the sea from you know the united states there's a good uh, opportunity that you'll be able to find out where these foreign language films are 
just by nice. visiting that website. Very nice. What, what year did it come out again? 20, 2007. 2007. Very interesting. I had never heard of it. Yeah. And I, when I was reading the plot of it, I was like, this is literally just 12 Angry Men. Yeah. Except it's not about with an 18 year old boy. And right, d- right. Because with that one, it, there is that weird dichotomy of like, he's 18, he's young, but is he a man? Yeah. Or is he a child? You know, and the, you know, reasonable doubt. Um, but that was a lot about like racism and mm. a lot of mm-hmm. that stuff. This one doesn't have that much, but it certainly parallels it. Nice. But wow, yeah, that's cool. Sensational. Good pick. Yeah, thank you. All right. So my first pick uh, has a uh, has a certain connection to something that you, Manda, are fond of. Ooh. Uh, so my first pick is the 1994 film Disclosure. I have a problem working for me. From the provocative bestseller of Seduction and Power, Michael Douglas, Demi Moore. Sexual harassment is about power. When did I have the power? Disclosure, rated R, starts Friday, December 9th. Disclosure is based on a novel by Michael Crichton. Ooh, love Michael Crichton. Yes, that was... <laughs> I'm, I'm wearing my Jurassic Park shorts, actually. Yeah, see, there you go. <laughs> Uh, so Michael Douglas, the great Michael Douglas, who of oh, course, yeah. uh, younger, younger people might know him as Hank Pym from the Marvel movies like Ant-Man. Mm. Uh, he plays Tom Sanders, who is expecting a promotion to head the, and this is very nineties, CD-ROM division of a software company. <laughs> you can tell this is nineties. Oh, CD-ROM. CD-ROM. Yeah, I know. Right. Mm. Oh. That dates it quite a bit. Uh, the promotion though, instead goes to his ex-girlfriend, Meredith Johnson, played by Demi Moore. Oh. Now, after this, she calls Tom into her office for uh, a meeting, then proceeds to make advances towards him. At first, he's interested, but then leaves. Because he's a married man. He's like, no, I'm not doing this. He leaves. Mm. After that, Meredith begins a campaign of terror against Tom, filing a harassment suit against him. He fights back with a lawsuit of his own, but finds it difficult to get people, including his wife, to believe him. And is that because he's a male? It's because he's a male and Demi Moore in 1994 was hot stuff. Oh, okay. Uh, Still is, but, you know, even more so. Uh, But as, you know, this is not your typical kind of, you know, drama here. There is, uh, you know, there is uh, some courtroom scenes, some back and forth. You, you You find out, though. You find out that all is not what it seems because, you know, this is a, a movie. There's a larger conspiracy afoot to discredit Tom and make him a patsy for problems that existed with the company's production of CD-ROMs in, I think, Malaysia. Right. Oh. So they were making him a scapegoat oh. to blame him for the problems. They were going to say they were going to like file the lawsuit. uh and then use that as grounds to, you know, fire him and may embarrass him. I blame him for, you know, what was going wrong with the production. Yeah. Uh, but he gets some help from an anonymous source. Ooh. And through this anonymous source, we find out who it is later on in the movie. But he discovers just how high the conspiracy within the company goes. Yeah. Uh, and it's it's interesting because... It, it it deals with, you know, sexual harassment, which in the 90s was kind of a just beginning to be a, a sort of a hot topic. So more in the still in the taboo side, like you didn't talk about it. Yeah, you didn't really, you know, uh, you didn't really talk about it. But um, it at, by 1994, there were a lot more 
you know, the um, the glass ceiling was beginning to break and there were sure. a lot more women being, you know, uh, promoted for like high level positions and things like that. Mm-hmm. Um, and, and, and it's, it's, it's well done, but it's a little exploitive in certain ways. Sure. Uh, and they, they kind of imply and, you know, heavily that it was Demi Moore that was, that was the cause of all the problems with the, the, the CD-ROM production and things uh, like I that. And so she was trying to, you know, she, she wanted the promotion and blame him for sexual harassment and blah, blah, blah. Which, you know, with the Amber Heard trial, as we discussed earlier, yeah. you know, people people will say, and rightly so, you should believe, you know, believe the accuser. Yeah. And, you know, in a circumstance like this, it was, you know, you don't. Right. You weren't supposed to. Uh, and I just, it was, it's really interesting to me as kind of a, a snapshot of the nineties, mm-hmm. uh, with the attitudes of, of, of that time. Uh, and of course, Michael Crichton gets, you know, credit for kind of being a little bit, you know, prescient, he know, you know, kind of seeing where things were going. Mm-hmm. Um, so what's interesting though, uh, one of the things about this is that the movie deal was made before the book was published. It's funny how that happens. Yeah. And I just, <laughs> he made that, he made a deal. He made a deal. Um, so, uh, the movie was directed, uh, by Barry Levinson and he's had just an amazing career as a filmmaker. He directed movies like The Natural, Good Morning Vietnam, Rain Man, Bugsy. Um, and of course, you know, Michael Crichton, Jurassic Park, Twister, Mm -hmm. Timeline, Congo. Mm. Yeah. Actually, the book was better though. The book was, yeah. The book was way better. Uh, And of course, co-creating ER with Steven Spielberg, classic TV show. So if you, you know, if if you're kind of looking for that sort of, um, it's a little, like I said, 1994, it's a little dated, but it really does kind of give you a glimpse into attitudes Mm -hmm. of that particular period. And it's really well-made. It's a really well-made film. The performances are good. Um, you know, where you fall on how the information is presented and what side, you know, that's once again, that's in the eye of the beholder. Sure. How you feel about that. But it's definitely uh, it's definitely worth checking out. Um, so, yeah, disclosure, Michael Crichton, Barry Levinson uh, score wise, it gets a, an OK 6.1 out of 10 mm. on IMDb and a just barely fresh. score on Rotten Tomatoes. Mm. Now, if you are, you know, if you, if you want to, if you're interested in like 90s era filmmaking, or you want to see basically Demi Moore and Michael Douglas at their acting peak of their careers. (laughs) Well, that's, sorry, Mike. Yeah. Michael Douglas, you're you're peaking then like 40 years ago. Yeah. I mean, when they have to digitally de-age you, you know, maybe, (laughs) uh, sorry. So Disclosure is available on most streaming services like iTunes or Prime Video, and it starts at about uh, $2.99 for a rental. Nice. Yeah. Good pick. Thank you. I I honestly thought that you were going to talk about that movie with Glenn Close. Oh, Fatal Attraction? Yeah. Um, not so much, not so much of a trial it's thing. It's not, it's not, but it's also one of those like believing, who do you believe over, the man's not being trusted basically. Because, yeah. Yeah. If you do want to see uh, that, that, uh, a courtroom drama, kind of, it's sort of an honorable mention, but, um, uh, Jagged Edge, mm. um, Jagged Edge with Glenn Close, uh, and, uh, Jeff Bridges. Really okay. good movie. Really good courtroom movie. 
just an aside, the only problem, and this is like so obvious, uh, there, there is, there's a lot of courtroom scenes in this movie, but in the middle of one scene, uh, Glenn Close is wearing two entirely different outfits as they go back and forth. Nice. <laughs> it's like, who's the continuity person on this movie? Didn't, I love, do, didn't do a good job. I love finding those things. Yeah, usually it's something dumb, like the glass and a table is half full, and then right. it's empty, then it's full again. It's yeah. Like, okay. But yeah, so oh. that's my first pick, Disclosure. Good pick. Thank you. All right. Well, something that we've noticed with this, um, you know, Amber Heard, Johnny Depp situation is that in really in any trial, a person's... Uh, a person's being or how they act or the way that they speak is is highly criticized everything is noted every small detail is picked apart in the court of public opinion mm. right um as is in my next film um which came out in 1988 right it's a little bit of an older movie um i'm not going to give you the title yet because i'm sure that you'll be able to guess by mm. by what i'm saying but okay. it starts with a campground and a bunch of families are hanging out Right and Friday the Thirteenth. <laughs> no, but we're coming up to summer slasher film season, yes. so. Mm -hmm. um, but no, okay. So nineteen, it's it's late eighties. There's a bunch of families around a campground. There's one family that's got several kids, including a baby, and you know the baby's laying down and sleeping while the family enjoys a, a s'more around the campfire. And then the mom thinks, you know, I'm gonna go check on the baby, and then all of a sudden the baby's not there. And then what happens? She thinks a dingo stole her baby. Dingo. <laughs> so um, this takes place in the, the Australian outback because back in the late 90s, I guess, or the early 80s, late 80s, that's what you did. You went to the outback in Australia and you just decided to, to camp there. Mm. Um, this stars a, speaking of Jurassic Park, a very young Sam Neill. Uh, like super young Sam Neill and a young Meryl Streep who has a really fantastic Australian accent. Oh, you would expect nothing less. Uh, yeah, because it's Meryl Streep. Right. Um, but we may know it as a film called A Cry in the Dark uh. or more likely Evil Angels. Apparently it had different titles um, based on where it was released. Hmm. On a night full of stars in a campground full of families, Lindy Chamberlain lived the nightmare that every mother fears. God, help me, God help me, the baby, my baby! And the press found a victim. Meryl Streep stars in a true story of a brave mother's trial. She's a witch, you know. You're crediting me with the perfect murder. Someone is definitely out to get us. Tell me what really happened to your little sister. Lindy's private life became public property. Her grief became a sideshow. And her innocence became a story no one wanted to hear. I'd like to know more than anyone else what happened to my my baby daughter. Would you like me to give you a ten-minute break? No, I'd prefer to go on with it, Your Honour. This has been going on for two years now. I want to get it over with. It's not going over well with the jury. Try and be more demure. I won't be squashed into some dumb act for the public. Lindy Chamberlain's courage inflamed a nation. But her triumph inspired the world. Meryl Streep, Sam Neill, A Cry in the Dark. So it follows the sort of true-ish, the true story of um, a family of Seventh-day Adventists, which is a classification of Protestants. Mm -hmm. And why that's important is because 
it's one of the things that people in the court of public opinion will use to their advantage or use against you. Mm-hmm. Um, so in this case, they are on vacation. Um, happens to be the pastor and the wife. Um, the baby goes missing. Mother, um, who's Meryl Street, plays Lindy. She's like a... There's conflicting reports, but did she say a dingo got my baby or a dingo might have got my baby or I think a dingo got the baby? Something like that. Um, as with like any world breaking news, like the, the world is paying attention on their TVs, right? They're like, what happened to this baby? Mm-hmm. And for the first few, I don't even know, days, couple of weeks, whatnot, everyone's rallying and saying how so sorry and how tragic mm-hmm. it is for the parents. And, yeah. you know, and, and of course it is, right? Sure. And there's there's no real evidence. But then... Because nothing comes out and because there's not much going on with the case, not a lot of evidence, there's no like fingerprints for a, a dingo slash wild dog, um, people make up their own opinions. And in this case, it turns out that Lindy got the brunt of it. They both did. Um, they, they both were sort of tried and found guilty in the court of the public opinion. People were... Uh, convinced that they had done something to the baby. They had um, sacrificed her in some weird Seventh-day Adventist, uh, you know, ceremony, which... That doesn't make sense. (laughs) It doesn't, and I think people were just grasping at straws for anything, and that's kind of what it is now. So, Lindy, um, the woman, she... She's brought to trial, right? So, eventually it comes to where they, they... charge her with the disappearance slash murder of her child and she's stoic she's very calm and she's very um quick-witted and she doesn't take crap from any of the the lawyers or even the judge or anybody and so people automatically think that she's guilty because of the way she acts so they put like a pregnant woman she was pregnant again with her like fourth child or whatever they they put her on trial they find her guilty (laughs) right yeah and then all of a sudden, year I mean, literally, like, months go by, maybe even, like, a couple of years go by, and they are out in the outback, and someone finds a tiny bit of scrap of clothing or something that matches the description of what the baby was wearing when Lindy said, you know, she went missing or whatnot, and the other circumstances, but essentially, she's released from prison, and um, the damage is done. Right. So now it becomes a a story of trying to fight to get normalcy back in their lives. People say, "Okay, yeah, you might not have done it, but we still there's something weird about you Mm -hmm. and we don't like you. So she's treated as this total pariah in her community. Um, And honestly, don't really know. I mean, to this day, I don't think there's any concrete evidence of what actually happened other than plausible um, theories. Right. So like she crawled away or you know in fact like a wild animal did um you know take her or whatnot but uh it, it's very similar to real life experiences of like you know the madeline mccann case yes yeah um or you know even like baby jessica like mm-hmm. she, you know when she got out of the well and the yeah. parents blamed the parents for sure. it sure and that kind of thing um so it's kind of like how is a mother supposed to act right that's the question like how would you act if knowing that your child is most likely perished um you know the world expects you to be this grieving sopping woman right on the trial crime but she's not and so it kind of lets you it makes you rethink those stereotypes that women and men fall into especially in the late 80s but um yeah so i happen to think this is one of meryl streep's like most fantastic roles i actually just saw sophie's choice the other day oh oh, yeah and that was yeah that's not a feel-good that's not a feel-good movie but this i'm telling you she she's so talented she deserves every single one of those tweets that trump about said about her 
like about her not being a a, a good actress or whatever, and then <laughs> everyone rallied around. And was like, do you know who you're talking about? Yeah, exactly. Yeah, no, 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 no. Yeah, no. Um, but yeah, and you know what? Most people agree with me because I IMDb gives so. it a six point nine out of ten. Yeah. Rotten Tomato a ninety three percent fresh rating. And I couldn't find anything on Metacritic. But what's great right now is that if you have the Criterion Channel, you can stream it for free. Wow. Which is fantastic. By the way, if you don't have a subscription to that, I would really consider it because they have a it's lot really of cool good. things on there. Yes. Horror movies, documentaries, a bunch of stuff. But you know, if it's Criterion, they don't they don't put junk on they their do not. streaming and channel. You pay for what you get. It's really great. It um, is. You can also rent it if you want on Apple TV. Uh, but ultimately, I think it's a movie about perceptions, what people believe, but also how easily that can be twisted. Um, now I don't claim to know either way what's going on with the herd depth trial. I mean, yes, mm. I have it playing on my work computer in the background, but I'm, it's just kind of for laughs for me. Not that I find that information or domestic yeah, violence funny, no, no. but I, yeah, all the memes that have come out, but it's funny to me, or it's interesting to me to see the reactions, um, of some of the people who do make these memes out of like a snippet of 30 seconds of somebody speaking, or, you know, there was a one trial lawyer, one psychiatrist I think he was who did this weird thing with his mouth and I, I don't know but it's crazy how on the world stage everything is picked apart oh yeah you know and so this woman Lindy who by all rights is grieving for the loss of her child um isn't crying enough she isn't you know there aren't too many tears and you know she's not she's having another baby so clearly she didn't care and it's just who gives people that right to yeah. to set those parameters you know, but it's a fantastic film. I think you should yeah, check it out. Um, and the movie really does center on the trial and on the um, the the media attention that gets that gets yeah. surrounded by it. That's a great pick. Yeah, thank you. Wow, I totally forgot that movie existed <laughs> until you mentioned. I'm like, <laughs> Meryl well, I remember Street that. Is so good. She is. I really can't think of a bad film that she's in. I'm sure I could think of a couple, but not that she's. But I like, don't want to. Yeah, exactly. Yeah. You don't want to. <laughs> yeah. There you go. Uh, all right, excellent. Very good. Okay. Do you have a second pick? I do. Ooh. So my second pick is a film based on the true story of Barbara Graham, who in 1955 was convicted, along with two men, of murdering an elderly widow during a robbery. Ooh. This movie is from 1958, and it is called I Want to Live. The morning of June 13th, 1955, Barbara Graham was executed in the gas chamber at the infamous San Quentin prison. Ooh. She was strapped in the chamber, and before the cyanide capsules were dropped, she was told that breathing in deeply would make her death easier. <sighs> she replied, how would you know? Right. That gives you an idea, you know. Yeah. She was defiant until the end. We are authorized by law to apprehend you dead or alive. Dead or alive. Well, we might as well face it. I'm in a real jam this time. I'm the little ball bouncing around a roulette wheel. Everyone betting me the land where it's going to do them the most good. Votes for the DA, circulation for the newspapers, promotions for the cops. That still don't give them the right to hang a bad rap on you. You didn't ask me if it was a bad one. I didn't have to. What about a lawyer? Have you got one? Nothing to worry about. I'll use the public defender. 
Well, it's level. What chance have I got? With an uncorroborated alibi? None. I'm getting tired of fooling around with you. He's the hardest cookie I ever ran up against. It's Mrs. Graham's tough luck to be young, attractive, belligerent, immoral, and guilty as hell. This case at the time, in, in the mid-50s, was a national sensation. And the media gave Barbara Graham the nickname, the nickname Bloody Babs. Oh, wow. Yeah, yeah. Now, three years later, the story was made into the movie I Want to Live. And in the film, Barbara Graham was played by veteran actress Susan Hayward. Oh. And she would go on to win the Best Actress Oscar for that role. Now, like, um, you know, most adaptations of true stories... The film took some liberties with the actual events, of you know, uh, the film itself takes kind of a, a, a sympathetic look at Graham's life prior to the events that that led up to her arrest. Uh, she had grown up in an abusive foster home. She'd been married a bunch of times, like three times and became she, she had become a sex worker at one point. Mm. Um, now, after this. Uh, after this, she she's arrested. She is arrested and told that she is a suspect in the murder of an ex-vaudeville performer named Mabel Monahan. It's a great name, by the way. Mm-hmm. Uh, she insists that she was at home when the incident occurred, but her husband would not corroborate her story. And her husband provided, a, uh, a during the trial, a secretly taped confession that implicated her. Oh, wow. Yeah, so it, it it really is kind of like, who do you believe? What do you think? Did she really confess, or was this uh, just sort of a, a snippet of a tape that you know is damaging or damning to her? Uh, so ultimately, she is convicted and uh, sentenced to death. Wow. Uh, so the end of the movie does not shy away. From and this is 1955 does yeah. not shy away from showing exactly how death by gas chamber was performed at the time. Wow! They, you know, you see, you see it, you watch it happen. Um, now, the film itself seems to make the case that well, uh, Barbara was no saint, and it has to assume some responsibility for what happened. That she was a nonviolent person. Right. Uh, who was, you know, more of a victim of her troubled upbringing. Right. And most likely was not personally responsible for the murder itself based on how the murder was committed. Uh, she would not have had, uh, you know, there were there were things like she would not have had the strength to, to you know, do the deed because it was like a blunt force trauma kind of a okay, thing. Okay, yeah, yeah, yeah. And all that. Um, but ultimately, she and the other two men were convicted and given the death penalty. Um, So there's no happy endings in this movie. Right. But it was sort of um, kind of a message that was being delivered at the time, a social message. Uh, The filmmakers were were using this story as an indictment of the death penalty in the United States. Right. Kind of show you just how awful... It is. And like forcing the the viewer to watch this character, this woman die from cyanide poisoning in a gas chamber Jeez. was really meant to kind of uh, hit the audience with over the head with it. Hey, this is what the death penalty is. It's not pleasant. It's awful. 
And maybe it's time to rethink, you know, our policies regarding death penalty cases mm. and things like that. So um, it it deliberately made her more sympathetic than I think she was after looking at uh, information about the case itself um, because it was a true story. It, um, you know, it definitely kind of made her more sympathetic than she really was. Mm -hmm. She was highly intelligent um, and pretty much, you know, they, she was pretty much diagnosed as being sociopathic, but nonviolent. Mm. Um, so there, you know, it was, it was much more of a social commentary, I think at the time. Um, now the film was shot in uh, black and white, mm -hmm. which is like perfect for this kind of movie. It's very stark. It's just, you know, right in your face. Uh, and it was directed by uh, the brilliant Robert Wise. Now, his career, I talked you know, earlier about uh, the director, Barry Levinson, but Robert Wise had an incredible career that spanned 70 years wow. as a director and also includes The Day the Earth Stood Still, mm. West Side Story, The Sound of Music. Wow. And, and uh, even Star Trek The Motion Picture in 1979. So What a juxtaposition, though. I know, I know. He has directed virtually every genre of movie in his lifetime. Yeah. Which, I mean, it's just an amazing career. Now, today, I Want to Live is really considered a classic. Um, I saw it, my goodness, I must have been a teenager when I saw it the first time on TV. And it, it floored me. Yeah. You know, it's like, wow, I can't believe they made this then. Well, I'm having a hard time even thinking that in the 1950s, they would put they would put a woman to death. She was only the third woman to have been uh, executed by gas using the gas chamber uh, at the time. I mean, ultimately, sensibilities aside, like it just seems to me that there was always that idea in the 50s of like, you know, the woman being the homemaker and, you know, how could a woman be so evil as to commit murder? Kind of right. Thing. I think, but I think because the other, uh, the other two men yeah. were executed on the same day. All right. Okay. I think it was because, Hey, you know, we're executing them. We have, if they're all guilty of the same crime, they all have to pay the same price. Right. 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 Which I think that was the thinking at the time. Uh, yeah. So, you know, it's, it, it was an interesting, it's an interesting story because it's a true story. Um, but you know, it's, uh, it's, it, there's so many levels to it and the story itself that it's based on is very interesting. Um, I watched, uh, on YouTube, there was an interview with the actress, Susan Hayward, um, like 30 years ago or so about this film. Yeah. And the interviewer asked her point blank, do you think she was guilty? And, and she basically kind of, uh, you know, reluctantly said, yeah. Yeah, I, I, I think she was guilty, um, even though she had to play the part and play the part sympathetically. Right. Um, Does so, modern evidence suggest that she was guilty? So that really depends. So there there is some evidence that may suggest that she wasn't guilty or guilty of actually murdering uh, the woman. Right. Um, but, you know, given her given her past, given her criminal record, because she had a. a a criminal record, not just for prostitution and things like that, but for theft. And she would basically work for a, a man who would force her to corral men into a, a, a building and then they would rob them, oh, things right. like that. So she did have a, a history of criminal behavior, but nonviolent criminal behavior. Right. So 
you know, how responsible she was, I think, is kind of up for grabs, depending upon who you, right, you talk right. to. But in any event, you know, she she had to pay the ultimate price for that. And, you know, to this day, people are like, well, is that was that fair? Right. Basically, even, you know, even if she was just part of it and, you know, did she deserve to be executed, especially in the manner that she was executed. Yeah, I, I, I can't imagine that it was an easy or an easy watch, but also that it was quick. I Yeah. You know? No, I don't think so. Yeah. I mean, and, and the, the execution itself was stayed a few times, but only by minutes, uh, you know. Oh. And it's just like, and, and she was, it's funny because from the reports, it was like, you know, she, you know, just get it over with. She was like, just get it over with. History has a habit of doing that to women. Anne Boleyn. That happened yeah. to Anne Boleyn. Yeah. They, I mean, they stayed it like three or four times. Yeah. Yep. Yep. And so it, it's it, it's interesting because it is shot, you know, like I said, it's a black and white movie. It's very straightforward. There's no camera tricks. There's no, you know, uh, it's not stylistic and it's not meant to be. It feels, you, you feel like a voyeur kind of watching this movie, mm. you know, that you're like, Ugh. and it's icky because you're like, yeah, okay, she's not a good person, but... Does she really, you know, deserve this? Right. Who does? Does anybody really deserve this? That's a whole can of worms. It is. It really is. But I don't know. And that's kind of the point of this movie. Right. And the fact that it was made when it was made makes it all the more, I think, interesting for its point of view. It it seems like it's a pretty radical idea in the 50s. Yeah. Yeah. Yeah, it was. I mean, now people are fighting for social justice deems the death penalty as being inhumane yeah cruel and inhumane right and you know we're one of the only countries that still does it yeah yeah so there you go and we're supposed to be the good guys Uh, let's not get started yeah i know i know yeah so anyway the scores so i want to live gets a 7.5 out of 10 on the internet movie database and a fresher than fresh 94 percent wow on rotten tomatoes so if you want to watch it if you want to go see i want to live it can be rented for three dollars and 99 cents on prime video iTunes and Voodoo, V-U-D-U, yeah, that app. And I will say that this film is much, much better than the sequel, I Want a Ham Sandwich. <laughs> that was a cash grab. We all know that. Oh, Mama The Cass. less said, oh, yeah, the yeah. less said about that, the better. Um, so, yeah, those are my picks. Wow. Uh, well, you know, I do have one honorable mention. Mm. If you want to get a little bit of a pick-me-up from our pretty depressing picks. Womp, womp. Uh, why don't you go watch Legally Blonde? It's available on Netflix right now, and it's hilarious, and it's about a trial, or it's about, uh, yeah, it is kind of about the trial system, I guess, as it were. And if you like tiny dogs and purses. There you go. Or, you know what's a good movie? Philadelphia. Philadelphia, yes. Yeah. Not exactly an uplifting one, either, but. Fair, fair. But also about, you know, trials. Oh, also, um, where's that movie with Denzel Washington? And well, that was Philadelphia. Oh yeah. wait. <laughs> well, oh yeah, yeah, duh. No, it's it's about um uh, a female a female commander in the army, and the trial is, and he's going through trying to figure out how she pa- perished. Um, oh, you know what I'm talking about, right? I do, but I can't think of the name. Meg Ryan's in it. Yeah, uh, Lou yeah, Diamond yeah, Phillips yeah. is in it. Yeah. Oh, good lord. Anyways, I'll figure something out. Maybe I'll post it on our Instagram. <laughs> if you're listening, Google it. I'm Google sure it. You'll, figure it you'll out. get it. Yeah. Um. Oh. Honor something honor. 
Good, good Lord. Anyway, speaking of our Instagram, yes. if you are so inclined, and I think that it would be lovely if you visited us on Instagram, you can find us at the Deep Dive Podcast. Um, but we also have a website. Mm-hmm. It is the Deep Dive Podcast dot com, where you can find a complete library of all of our older episodes, yes. including our very famous Halloween episodes, where we do an entire month of spooky Halloween horror mm-hmm. fun. Sometimes we have guests. You'll also find links to all of our social medias, including Facebook and Instagram. Yes. Also, our email is there. Yes. By the way, uh, we just, on our Instagram, mm-hmm. uh, if you check uh, the link in the bio, uh, there is a link to a link tree yeah. that has all of our sites and basically mm-hmm. everywhere that you can find us. Link tree is awesome. I'm so it glad they, they, they came up with that. It just makes so much more sense. It is. You know? Although, you know, when you when you find a link tree and you... You, you click on it and there, there's no OnlyFans. You get disappointed. And I'm just, wait, no, we're going to cut that out. Yeah, no. <laughs> I mean, we're definitely not getting paid. I mean, you're not getting paid for this, right? Um, no. no? <laughs> but uh, yeah, if you want to go ahead and check out some of our older episodes, we'd love for you to give it a listen. Mm-hmm. Um, especially, you know, if you are listening to us via Apple Podcasts, they have this really cool rating system where you can give us a, uh, you know, a five star review. Yeah. Or, or a five star review. Or even a five star review. Or yeah. even a five star. I mean, that we would, would appreciate great. any of those. I think it's only five stars. I think that's all you can give it. <laughs> I don't think there's anything under that, to be honest. And I wouldn't um, check either. Trust us. Trust on us. That. We're right. We're always truthful. Yes, indeed we are. You know, but I, I take this opportunity to say thank you to everyone who has stuck with us from the beginning. We're, we're going on three and a half years now, mm-hmm. yep. which has been such a, a long time, a long time. What are you saying? Is it... Uh... Too no. long? Is it too long? What? Yeah. No, to be okay. fair, a lot of that was taken up by the pandemic. But you know yeah. what? I'd like to think that we provide a vital service. Because what do you do when you're home and all we have is our TV? You want recommendations. Netflix can only recommend so many, you know, friends episodes or whatever. That's why you have us. Exactly. Exactly. And also, not to toot my own whatever uh we also have some other shows under the umbrella of the deep dive podcast yes we do we have mysteries of the deep Mm -hmm. we have the deep dive microcast and the new pilot error uh which is fun that i that's a whole lot of fun right there uh, so we have those as well. And there may be even more fun stuff coming along in the you pipeline. You never know. You never know. We're full of surprises. But, you know, those microcasts and our Mystery of the Deeps are really fun. They're not so long. They're definitely not as long as our normal episodes. No. Um, and Tom does a great job with them. If you, you haven't had a chance to listen to our last week's episode, it was all about the 1977 Star Wars that was not. Or that was that wasn't that wasn't that yeah. wasn't that wasn't that was a couple weeks ago oh yeah and this past yeah. friday was the the history of the national film registry yes which is something that you know I mean, you, sometimes you want to know these things right it's a, it's a great organization that's doing great work preserving mm-hmm. and restoring films I mean, uh, you know. so you know it, 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 you have questions about little nuanced things, right? Mm-hmm. Maybe something we're not going to cover in a main episode. But, I mean, yeah, give them a listen. They're very short, and they happen on the sort of off weeks when we don't yeah. record large or and long these, episodes. Yeah, these epic. Epic, uh, epic ones epic with ones, our Star yeah. Wars minutes. Yes. Plus, if you have insomnia, the you know, oh, the microcasts yeah, yeah, uh, yeah. and the mysteries of the deep put you right out. <laughs> I can say that they sometimes do that. Yeah. Mm, yeah. Yeah. You know what? So. That's, that's something you should get paid for. You should probably do like a sleep podcast. Ooh. You could just like read books. I think. Yeah. Bad ones. Yeah. That'd be or, hilarious. Or I could just read the dictionary. 
<laughs> it's got all the other books in it. If you think about it, this is true. So, yeah. So just to give a quick recap, we decided that we were going to spend the majority of the first part of our episode talking about the Star Wars celebration. <laughs> You're welcome. That's right. Um, and then this week's theme was really kind of legal system, tr- movies about trials, that kind of thing. Mm-hmm. My picks were number 12, a Russian foreign film. Very fantastic and li- definitely sad. Um, and then my second one was A Cry in the Dark and or also known as Evil Angel starring the fabulous Meryl Streep and yes. Dr. Alan Grant Sam Neill. Wonderful. Absolutely wonderful. Now for me, my two picks, uh, my first one was... The collision of Michael Douglas and Michael Crichton <laughs> in the film Disclosure about a sexual harassment case that goes way beyond what you think it will. And CD-ROMs. And CD-ROMs. Oh, those were the days. Uh, I think I still have uh, several CD-ROM. thousand AOL, uh, free AOL CD-ROMs. I got <laughs> you think you can get movies. like a week of internet with that? Yeah, that was fantastic. <laughs> those were the days. And my second pick is the true story, I Want to Live, uh, based on the story of Barbara Graham, who was executed by gas chamber in 1955. So both both good movies. If I had to pick one over the other, I'd say I Want to Live is the better film and uh, the more socially responsible one. Mm. But either one will pass the time quite nicely. Absolutely. Mm -hmm. Good picks. Yeah, yeah. Good they were. They were really good, good picks. That's fantastic. All right. So thank you all. Yes. You and you and you for listening. Uh, for The Mandalorian, I'm Tom Feeney. Don't forget to tell your friends, tell your enemies, tell your doctor if you experience a tingling sensation. And we will catch you next time. Bye. Bye. All clips used in this podcast are meant for educational purposes only and not to infringe on existing copyrights. The Deep Dive Podcast is a production of Automaton Studios.